You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Let us pray. Almighty God, would you come now and by your Holy Spirit open our ears to hear you, open our hearts to receive your word, that we might know you, that we might love you, and that we might walk in your ways. This we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, why are you here this evening? Now, before you all get up and leave, I actually want you to be here, but the question is, why are you here? What are you doing here? Have you come that you might show your righteousness to other people? To show people that you're a Christian, that you go to church, maybe not every week, but at least once a year. Maybe you're here in order to please God or to earn his favor and love. This is the question that Jesus confronts us with in our passage today in the gospel reading. Look at verse 1 again with me. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Jesus warns us here to not practice our righteousness before others in order to be rewarded by them. And in verses 2 through 18, he then goes on to provide three examples of ways in which the hypocrites often practice their righteousness before others in order to be rewarded by them. The first example in verses 2 through 4 is about charity, giving to the poor and to the needy. Jesus warns against making a big deal about when you give. There's no need for you to tell anyone or to show anyone that you are giving to those who are in need. The second example is in verses 5 through 6, which is praying. And Jesus warns against praying for the sake of being seen by others. The third example in verses 16 through 18 is fasting. And once again, Jesus warns against fasting in such a way that everyone might see what you are doing. And after each of these warnings, there's an alternative way of doing them, in order that your Father in heaven might reward you. Jesus concludes this passage with another warning, followed by an encouragement to a better way of living. Look at verses 19 to 21 with me. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Jesus is summarizing his thoughts here by explaining that these hypocrites are merely laying up for themselves treasures on earth. Treasures that they can't take with them when they die. Treasures which are falling apart, disintegrating, which are easily stolen from them. It is far better instead, he says, to lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, eternal treasures. Treasures which will never fade or spoil. For, Jesus concludes... Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But before you get the idea that faith is a private matter just between you and God, we need to remember that uh, just before our passage today, in verse 16 of chapter 5, Jesus has just encouraged us to let our lights shine before others that they might see our good works and glorify God because of them. Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. So why is he here warning us against public displays of righteousness? 
Well, notice he's not warning against the practices themselves. He says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. The reason for this warning is about the heart. Jesus is exposing the motivations for why we do things, the heart behind the things we do. The actions of these so-called hypocrites are revealing of what they actually love. Though they say they love God, what they really love is the praise of the crowds, the celebrity status, the special attention that they receive. He says that the reason why the hypocrites were giving, were praying, were fasting wasn't out of reverence for God or out of devotion to him, but it was so that they could be praised by people. Their motivations had become distorted. They were seeking to gain earthly treasures, such as respect and honor. They wanted to be seen as doing something or being a somebody. They were merely wearing a mask and putting on a show. They honored God with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. Thank goodness that we are not like those hypocrites. I never wear a mask in public, especially after getting angry with my wife. I never put on a show for people, especially after judging them on how they look or what they say. I never blow a trumpet, certainly not my own trumpet, wanting people to remember that I matter. See, the truth is that I am just like those hypocrites. I'm trying to build my own kingdom and instead of keep building the kingdom of God, I'm laying up for myself treasures on earth, taking for myself what rightly belongs to God. As John Stott puts it, once we start to take credit for ourselves, we rob God of his glory. Now, I've been thinking about this passage and this sermon for myself and how it applies to me, uh, especially with, it's been coming up in my mind, especially with regards to my future. Uh, One of the difficulties of being a transcontinental family, me being from Australia, my wife being American, is the question of where we will retire, where will we be buried Will I be buried in America, for heaven's sake? Gosh. I worry about, you know, whether I'll have enough money in retirement. Do I, do I live here for a long time with my wife and family and, you know, build our wealth here so that we can retire comfortably here? Or do we move to Australia and then we have to start all over again? Now, hear me clearly on this point that the problem I'm talking about here is not stewardship or being wise with your finances. There's nothing wrong with that. God calls us to care for our families and for ourselves thinking and planning for the future is not wrong but the problem is that I am a hypocrite because while I stand up here you know week after week and encourage you to trust in God I'm up late at night worrying about my future I'm anxious about my earthly treasures see God tells me in his word not to worry about tomorrow what I will eat or what I'll wear for he will provide all my needs and yet I fail to come to him I fail to ask him. I fail to trust him at his word. I spend so much more time researching the best investing strategy to build my own wealth and as quickly as I possibly can in order that I might be comfortable, so much more time than I spend with God, reading his word or coming to him in prayer. Because my heart is chasing after the things of this world, so much more than the things of God. But the same could be said of our parenting, of our careers, of our relationships, of our deepest motivations of love and acceptance. Instead of seeking after God, we chase the things of this world. 
We take the good gifts that God gives us and we distort them, turning them into idols. Idols such as Psalm 115 says, made by human hands that have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see, ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell, hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. What good is it, Jesus says, for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? So we long for the treasures of this life, so much so that in exchange we willingly give up the treasures of heaven. And the antidote to our problems, according to Jesus, is to seek after him, to seek after his kingdom. At the end of this chapter, he'll say, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Well, I wonder where Jesus' words hit you the most. Where is your heart? Where is your treasure? What is more important to you? Do you you love the things of this world more than God? When we're truly honest with ourselves, the answer to that question is always yes. We always love the things of this world more because each of us has turned our hearts away from God, loving the things that God has given us more than the one who gave them to us. The good news of God's grace is that even when we don't love him perfectly, he loves us so abundantly, so abundantly that he's sent his son to die for us, that we might be forgiven of our selfishness, of our sinfulness, of our hypocrisy. John says it this way in 1 John 4, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us. Praise be to God for the love that he has for us in Christ Jesus. Today we are reminded that we are nothing more than dust, and it's to dust that we will return. Much like the idols that we wrongly worship, our bodies will rust and we'll be eaten by worms. And this life is but for a moment and you know, everything will eventually perish. And so today is not about having a chance to display your righteousness before others, but it's a reminder that this life is fleeting, that everything will one day be burned up and brought to ash. It's an invitation to begin a season of repentance, an invitation during this season of Lent, this 40-day period before Easter, to search your heart and your mind, to take stock of your life and reflect on it, and to turn from seeking after the things of this world and to turn back to God. The good news of the gospel is that through Jesus Christ, we can have confidence to turn back to God. When we realize that we've been seeking after the earthly treasures, building our own kingdoms, that we've sinned against God, we can be assured that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we will receive grace and mercy in our time of need. Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So I invite you now to come to him with me in prayer. Let us pray. Dear loving Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks for the love that you have for us in Christ, that though we are sinful, though we are selfish, though we are hypocrites, that we don't love you as we should. You have poured out your love for us in Christ. 
And we are so grateful for that love you have for us. And we thank you for this love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at Advent Birmingham.